you tell me what what, what we talk well, about. What happened? Because we did talk about that. We talked about your last live and. Yes. You know, and I told you from my perspective, because I didn't get a chance to watch from beginning to end on your live, that the snippet and the, the pieces that I did get to see, you were talking about promoting just black love. I'm like, well, hell, I'm not black. And I, where's my little love? And, and like, do we go mix love? Do we hashtag mix love, mutt love? And you, what are we doing? And so when I brought that to your attention, I'm like, well, I guess I'm divorcing you because we had a little potential situationship. Uh-oh. And um, uh -oh. I was like, well, I'm not black. So are you, are you just a black? Are you looking for just a, a, a black wife? Or are you looking for, you know, because I just felt used if that was the case. Uh-oh. So listen, on the podcast, we keep it lit. We put porn to shame. <laughs> the womb isn't just about where I give Talk birth to about babies. It. Talk. The womb is about where we give birth to perfect. Talk. I was basically all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. You have set a standard in love. I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Wow, this woman is a ride or die. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. I had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear. 19, 19 attorneys. Attorney. My, my, my last relationship, you know, it did a number on me. What you did not know is I had a whole little situation lined up that evening. Your transparency is literally setting people free. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You can make me cry. <laughs> um, thank you. I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. He's going to say, dear future wifey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to go right in that box. <laughs> I'm Lataris R. Whitfield. And welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lataris R. Whitfield. Hey, before we get started, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, man. We're in season five. Go ahead and hit that subscription bell. And while you're at it, turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. And go ahead and hit that like button right now because you already know how we do it on the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Not only will you like this, you're going to love this. Um... I looked at our analytics and still we have almost 40% of people consuming the content without even subscribing. Like, what, what is that about? I think y'all have some really strong commitment issues. This one lady DM me and said, hey, I've been watching all year, but I still haven't subscribed. I'm going to keep watching and see if I want to subscribe. I'm like, yeah, like we charge you for this content. Like, this is free. Like, my goodness. But, you know, subscriptions really help because that lets advertisers know we're going to start going after uh, sponsorship and brand deals. But the higher subscriptions we see, the better that they'll be uh, more prone to get those brand deals because it's a lot of work pulling these videos together so go ahead do your part share the video like turn on your notification bell well this episode is about to be really 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 good it's gonna get really really transparent so you this is an episode that you want to watch all the way to the end it's about to be good hey without further ado welcome to dear future wifey podcast my homie Linda, no. Hey, do you say that about every episode? Yeah, though? Like, that's, that's my watch, tagline. My you know, homie. I almost was like, no, I was talking about like, this is going to be a really good episode. You no, want to watch it to the no, end? No, no. I didn't know you were just making me feel good. No, I never say that. Oh. Like, you, and I, you and I had a conversation <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> oh, Jesus, it's about to get real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's about to be dope. So, um, through, I, I launched this podcast in 2020, and since 2020, you've always been uh, shooting your shot to be on the podcast. You're like, put me in, put me on the podcast. Why do you want to be saying. on? 
Why do you want to be on the podcast so bad? My energy. I told you I was going to help you out. I think so. It was you have for me out being on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean on the real. Like I think you've known me long enough to know all my struggles, and you've been able to witness all my struggles, but also my testimonies. And I think that's wisdom, and it yields wisdom. And this is a better, you know, what better platform to share wisdom, right? You know, and what's so dope about it is that that is true. I've seen a lot of your your struggles, your come up, your now you're on the the come up right now and rising. I'm so proud of you. Uh, but I always pick people on my podcast that's very um, intentional about my journey from the past, present, or future, and. Um, in the previous episodes, I just didn't see a space for you. And then we had a conversation. I saw a space. Yeah, she saw a space. But, you know. <laughs> so so a couple of, well, that was yesterday. Yesterday we had a conversation and I was telling you, uh, we just had an organic conversation and I started talking about how these last couple of episodes, we've been deep diving into interracial dating and marriages. And uh, I was like, this would be a perfect episode for you. Um, and specifically because your ethnicity, your quote unquote look, um, a lot of my friends are triggered by because of how African-American men call y'all exotic women. Right. And they always say, I want me an exotic woman and, and that nonsense. So we're going to unpack what that is. We're going to get very transparent in your life. And, um, we're going, we're going, we're going to talk today. So this episode is titled exotic love. I'm going to make that a positive statement by the end of this. <laughs> Let me ask you that. You said you're going to make it positive. You felt negative by that, by that statement? I think it really comes from, it, it's context clues, right? And usually men don't really offer the context. They're like, oh, I want an exotic woman. Or, hey, you're exotic. Or, what are you? And I'm like, first of all, I'm a woman. Um, and define exotic. Like, I'm not a car. So, like... And I get it, right? Sometimes they say exotic beauty, but it's just like, come on, man, I need you guys to step up. Like, give me a little bit more substance to your compliment, right? So explain yourself. So do you feel like you were, are they fetishizing you? Are they looking at you as something that... A quota, a quota or a checkoff list? Like, ooh, I haven't done an Asian woman. You know, like, ooh, I heard the rumors, check. Like, it's I'm a check. <laughs> So you feel like you're a, you're a check on a, someone's checklist? Yeah. You've always felt like that? Yes. So tell people, what is your ethnicity? I'm 100% Vietnamese. Do people automatically assume that you're Not Vietnamese? Not at all. What do they think Even my own Vietnamese folks. What do they think really. you are? Cambodian, mixed, Hawaiian. I've gotten Mexican. I've gotten mixed with black. I've gotten, I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm just Linda then. Do anybody ever guess that you're Vietnamese? Out of 41 years. Maybe three or four people. That's crazy. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. All right, so let me. I'm starting I, to believe my family when they say, we just picked you up on the side of the street. Is that what they say? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, wow. I think it's an Asian it's, culture, though. Oh, they all say that to <laughs> each other? Yeah. Well, listen, I was reading Madame Noir, um, and we're going to unpack what the word exotic, quote unquote, means or what's been said. Exotic, a term synonymous with peculiar, extraneous, fascinating, and kinky. Now, kinky is an interesting word. Right. Is the current buzzword in beauty, but what does it really mean? What exactly do men mean when they say they are attracted to exotic girls? Um, the 
the author of this mag uh, of this article says their thoughts are directed to the Brazilian bombshell Adriana Lima with long dark hair, tan skin, full lips and bright bluish green eyes. Her striking uh, appearance is obviously the result of race mixing. Um, and they start going on deeper. But according to Psychology Today, they started unpacking what is exotic beauty. And they said it's coined in racial microaggressions, uh, but researchers suggest otherwise. Simply stated, microaggressions are brief everyday exchanges that send degenerating messages to people of, cover, uh, of color because they belong to a racial minority group. These exchanges are so pervasive and automatic in daily interactions that they are often dismissed and glossed over as being innocuous. So, for instance, they'll talk about, like, have you ever been uh, <laughs> in school and people say, gosh, I'm having trouble with this math problem. Go ask the Asian girl. Yes. All day. Go ask her. She got it right. Linda, can you can you proofread? Can you double check? What's the answer? Can I copy off of you? Yeah. So were they were they correcting their assumptions? Yes. So you were, <laughs> you always made good grades. I did. Well, especially in math. In math. But I have fellow Asian friends that are like, uh, because -uh, I went to a speaking engagement and I'm like, okay, Asians, <laughs> like, because I did it to you know with amongst my own group and I'm like, okay, math this real fast. And he was like, slow. I'm like, oh, I'm revoking your Asian card. <laughs> See, but you see those same microaggressions that you have right. your own. I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. Right? Well, that's what we say too. It's like, you, well, this it's these subtle microaggressions that we have even in our own culture. It's yeah. like, uh, if you black, you know what I'm saying? You better, um, and if you're black and a, a bigger woman, a plus size woman, then we assume that she better know how to cook. You know what I'm saying? Oh. We say we say a lot of different little stereotypes like that. I just like say that. you guys better know how to dance because I just. See, another microaggression. I mean, I'm just saying. You I mean, you black, but better. see, it's funny because we justify microaggression positive and then the negatives. Yeah. So as long as it's positive and funny, we're then, good. Then it's cool. But if it has but something to do with day, negative. Right. This is interesting right here because this is what a lot of my friends have a problem with. Therefore, when a woman is labeled an exotic beauty, she is essentially being categor uh, categorized as an other. Other mm -hmm. than what? The standard, the set of standards that define true beauty. She is somehow beautiful without being beautiful. Right. I feel like sometimes when we're getting labeled, we're either a sex symbol but the biggest disrespect is that we're not intelligent. So that's always been my issue. It's like, if you're going to have to label me as a pretty woman or put me on a certain pedestal, can you at least make me smart? Like, can you at least But they do think you're smart. You said as an Asian woman, they think that you're Just smart. in math. <laughs> <laughs> like, they think I have no other kind of wisdom. I've never <laughs> experienced life. I've gotten my whole life handed to me on a silver platter. I'm great at math. I make all the money with a perfect credit score. Like, it's all these stereotypes. And I'm like, yo, I was born in the USA. <laughs> all right, so we're going we're gonna to just deep dive right into the subject matter. You have three sons. Yep. Highly intelligent sons. Yep. What is their ethnicity? They are black and Vietnamese. Black and Vietnamese. Yep. Um, did you find yourself, let me ask you about your dating preferences. Mm -hmm. Do you have any preferences in regards to ethnicity and race of dating? Not at all. But you have you you have uh, three sons by black men, right? How many black men? Two. So two black men. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think that you end up having kids by black men? I think they were more confident in, in stepping up, right? Like I've I've gotten compliments from the rainbow, right? Yeah. But nobody's ever really pursued. I, every blue moon, you get a sprinkle of pursuit. 
But that's about it. Like there was never any a committed pursuit. <laughs> so when you said so now when we go back and look hindsight been 2020, do you feel like were these guys genuinely pursuing you as something more than just someone they had sex with, somebody that they wanted a real substantive relationship with, uh, that they want to marry you or what? What was that? What When you look back over the, those relationships, what is your takeaway? I think with my first um, relationship with my son's father, I think that was just a, unfortunately, and no disrespect, it was a, a convenient friendship type of thing. I was going through a bad period of my life where my dad came back in my life and the, the house was disrupted, as I was saying with my grandmother at the time. And because he kind of came back from jail and, and his own little life, he kind of took over my room and my space and I had nowhere to go. So I went and, and you know, Carrie was a, a great friend and I moved in and we became friends, became roommates, became co-parents. <laughs> so I went from roommates to co-parents. I mean, you know, in a snippet version. <laughs> so so was there, when, when, when y'all were doing what y'all was doing, was there any hope for a future? I think he had hope for a future and I was still trying to figure out life and the disruption of my father coming back into my life and, you know, being a young mom. And it, it was it was its own little lifetime movie. I had my own kid. I was pregnant and nobody knew. Like I didn't get bigger. I was a size three. So I hid the whole pregnancy from my family and um, I was going to hide the whole kid. <laughs> no, you wasn't. I sure was. I was so angry. I was like, you know what? They were out of my life. They didn't care about me. So why should I bring a kid into this toxic family? Right? And then somewhere, somehow, I changed my mind. So let's put reference around it. How old were you during that time? Uh, 19. So you were 19. Young girl. So you was 19 years old. So does that count? Like, are you supposed to, like, know about love then? No. I mean, we're all figuring this thing out. Okay, Shoot, I'm, I'm 44 years old, and I'm still trying to figure things right, out. Right, because back then, I was like, let me see if you, you got a pulse. Yeah, usually. And then if you were nice, <laughs> we're dating, we're <laughs> friends. You said I was pretty. Ah, you're my man. <laughs> you know, like I didn't have guidance. I didn't know what a relationship, a marriage, you know, I didn't have the rules. I didn't have the book. You've been very transparent about your story in the past. Yeah. Um, and you talk about your, you just mentioned your father being out of, just getting out of jail, disrupting your family unit. Uh, unpack that. Well, my dad shot and killed my mother when I was three. So he shot and killed her, and he shot at a few other folks. I don't really know the blurry details yet. But, I mean, that was the the beginning. And that, I was three. Until this day, nobody can tell me where I'm, I was. So there's still a lot of my life that has unanswered questions, for sure. But in doing so, I basically was raised in a foster style, just within the family DNA. He's getting passed around about yeah. to the family. So there was never any stability. There was never any love. There was never any types of feeling like I belonged. So I always felt like an outsider within the family. So think about me being an Asian girl growing up in these different societies and different communities, still feeling like an outsider and still not belonging. So we, we have racism all the time. So how, did you, so how did your family receive your uh, black son? Um, I was disowned by an uncle um, because it was a black kid. And What did and he say exactly? He's like, I'm not your uncle anymore. He said that? Yeah, he's like, don't call me anymore. I was like, oh, got it. Okay, so you're a drug addict and you hit your wife, but I'm the bad guy because I had a black kid. Got it. 
And so my family, I mean, my grandmother, uh, God rest her soul, she was like the same thing. Why can't you just date a Vietnamese guy? I'm like, well, Vietnamese guys kill people. Like, what's the difference? Like, <laughs> you know what people. I'm saying? Like, I, I was angry at the time. So yeah. my response probably wasn't as gracious. But remember, I was a young 19 year old. Right. And so they, they kept it was always that negative family. You're never good enough. I should be calling carrying college books instead of kids. Or mm. why am I dating this? I mean, she was so strict on me that like, girlfriends couldn't spend the night. Like I was work and home. Like that's it. And so I had my hardship at fourteen to drive her around. So I never had. So you got your life. hardship license at fourteen to drive your aunt around. My grandmother. Your grandma around. Yeah. And uh, so were you working at fourteen? Yeah, I. They they ain't gonna get me now, but I did lie <laughs> a little bit. I stretched my age when I was thirteen to Sonic and said I was fifteen. So after school, I would walk across the street and work for the rest of the night. And why did you have to do that so young? Uh, my grandmother. Like I, I because of other circumstances, um, my legal guardian, who I call dad, white man, tried to rape me. I mean, he got to the molestation part. He just didn't get to the rape part. So from that point, once we kind of uncovered that, in a sense, um, I moved in with my grandmother. And that was just a way of helping pay the bills. Oh, Lord, Linda, that was new. I never knew that part. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're going to, yeah. wow, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, and so at 19, you had this relationship, would you call it a relationship or was it a situationship? What was that? Would you live in? Well, when I was 19, well, that was a relationship. Okay, but so now it was a situationship that had two amazing children, but we're best of friends. So like, I don't have any regrets, right? Like. We, in the heat of the moment, we're always going to be fluffy with emotions and, and anger. She said fluffy with emotions. Yeah, right? And so now, obviously, in hindsight, we're able to diagnose and, and, and analyze and figure out what was real and what wasn't, what was what was shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know? And, and now we know better, sort of. And then so <laughs> how long, then how long from that, from, so you had two kids by, your, by the first uh, father. And then how far between the second child and the third child. So how big, how different? So this is 18 and 21. So about two years. Three. Well, I mean, take, the year that you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, so the, so the other guy, what was that? What was that relationship like? Was that it a relationship? was a friend referral. <laughs> <laughs> it was a friend referral. That was like, you know how, like, You've been through hell, and you you were right here, and then your friend's like, "Dude, I got somebody better for you," and you got na 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 na. Yeah, friend referral. And then so y'all started off intentionally dating each other. Yeah. How'd that work out? So, <laughs> I think we made it to year mark, and I broke up with him, and then I went. Something told me to go pee on a stick <laughs> in the gas station, racetrack in Dallas. And sure enough, I had to make that phone call. Like, hey, so I know we're done, but we got a baby on the way. God. <laughs> so it became something that we stuck it out. And I, I kind of came back in for the baby purposes because it was it was tough to have another child out of marriage, out of, you know, the, the repeated cycle. All right. Like there's no sta stability. So I was like, dang. So came back and tried to make it work. See, it's interesting because um, I remember growing up or just, you know, being an adult now that we never see, quote unquote, baby mamas that are like Asian, people of Asian descent. Because we're private people. 
So, so, but no. so let me ask you, do you, do you, in your culture, do you see a lot of women that don't, that, that aren't married with kids? Honestly, the women of most Asian cultures, but mine in particular, we're told to just be quiet and suck it up. So take it, whether it be the abuse, whether it be whatnots, we are to stick it out. So put reference around that. You're saying uh, stick it out in a marriage, so to get married with them or what? Yeah. So the question is, do you see single mothers that are Asian? Not if they were from Vietnam. Now, the ones like me who were born here were a little bootleggish. <laughs> Did you say bootleg? You know, more adapting to the USA culture. culture then it's a little <laughs> less. <laughs> but, you know, those that have that hardcore. You got Rihanna Asian- over there left. Rihanna. Just saying. That bootleggish. You know, they. <laughs> The ones that are from Vietnam or, or, or strictly all about the culture where they brought Vietnam's culture here and refused to adapt to anything else. Yeah. Then, yeah, you'll see the whole marriage, kids. So your family, what ideology did they have? Were they they're more traditional? Some. Like my cousins are married to Hispanics, white guys. So the white guys. No, I'm were, talking about the matriarchs and, and the patriarchs. I'm talking about your grandparents. No, that's what's so hip. Critical. What? My aunts were married to white men. Oh, really? But see, the white men didn't count because so white men don't count, but black men do. Right, because the white men came and rescued them from Vietnam, so they get a pass. Oh, this is good. Right. This is good. So, you know, they that was their hero, that was their savior. I'm like, well, your hero didn't hero me, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but your dating experience, you're an equal opportunity uh, sure dater, right? Am. So you date all races. It's just that you find that most of the times African Americans are the one that's approaching you, right? Because I'm a shy girl, so I'm not gonna chase. I'm not gonna pursue. I'm not gonna be like, hey, can I have your number? Like, I can't do that. Well, you shouldn't. But I'm saying that. Uh, but you find more African American men, as you stated earlier in the episode, they're more aggressive. They're yeah. the ones. They're that's my- Aggressive is such an, a harsh word. They're okay. confident. Okay, confident. We'll See, say I'm confident. sticking up for y'all. So they're more <laughs> confident in their pursuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you feel like the pursuit is um, a positive pursuit, or do you still feel like it's a fad? It's just like a, like you said earlier, a check, a notch on the belt. It's a good fifty-fifty, you know. And and that's where you know I was talking to Rihanna before the show. Like that's how I pick and choose how I respond to folks. Now I'm giving y'all my secrets. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> look, guys, um, if they're coming to me in a complimentary way, I will never presume or assume that it's to shooting their shots, right? Yeah. I'm like, thank you, humbly, you know, my normal. But if they're like, hey, sexy, or hey, look at them legs, or, you know, I'm like, they don't even get an acknowledgement anymore. The old Linda who used to want to be everybody's friends would have been like, thanks, or I like, and yeah, thanks, you, or you, the you, little you, hand heart, symbol. Yeah. But no heart. No heart emoji, because if you heart them, they're going to be trying again. Um, I was telling a friend that, I was like, why you heart everybody comments? You're letting them know that you love what they said. Well, sometimes, it depends. On Instagram, heart was the the, the one click, so it's 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 convenient, right? Because it's too much work to, with the fat fingers to scroll over. Or just don't, like you front. said, don't say nothing. Well, you want to acknowledge, folks. You just said you don't. Some folks. 
Like, I'm talking about. I said everybody. Liked, I'm saying yeah, no. everybody. No, I can't. Every every compliment that comes, everybody, girl, you look good. You fine. Once you marry me, girl, when you gonna be my wife? Oh, what do good. men expect from those things too? By the way, <laughs> like I get all these marry me or ring emojis. I'm like, do you really want me to say yes? Like, do you really think you're gonna get a yes? Like, what are we doing here? So that's kind of my test. Like, how do you come at me? Like. Why do you want to take me out to dinner? I always look at that when guys approach you on a marriage tip, it's the dangling carrot. Right. Because we've been so um, brainwashing to think that every woman wants to be married. Not only that, but that that when you step to a woman and let her know that you just not just trying to smash, that you want to right. marry her, that it makes her feel like, oh, you have good intentions, which is the lamest thing. Because if you're approaching right. a total stranger saying, marry me, it's like clearly a woman can see straight through that and be like, how genuine do you think that right. is? That's, that's stupid. And if you came at me like that, if we were to ever down the line become something, what are you doing when we're not together? Like, it, it, it's all already establishing your character. You, yeah, you're saying, I always know that you quick to go right. send a girl a ring emoji. You'd be like, so who you send a ring emoji to today? Right. You know, like, it gets real like that. You show your lameness up front, which is cool if that's who you want. And really that's what are. you want. You want, to, right. you want to get the lameness up front so you can make an informed decision. I'm going to need y'all to add some substance to that lameness. So when you look, so when you look at this, when you look at dating, let me ask you this, because we talked about marriage. Do you want to be married? Yes. You want to be married? I do. And I used to have a goal at 40, but given that COVID screwed that up, I'm going to blame COVID on everything since that's what we're doing. 41 now, so I'm a little behind schedule, but I'm all right with it. So when did you decide that you want to be married? When my kids were like, they're moving on. You know, like some things are just, they're always going to be your kids. They're always going to be home. You really don't think they're ever going to leave, but they're leaving. Like, and I'm not to say that I'm an empty nester because they already said they're coming back, but <laughs> it was just like learning to value me more, learning to really learning this journey of, of my life and manifestation. I want to be able to build something with somebody, that partner, like that's just the next level, right? You always yeah. want to level up. And so I feel like the next level is to actually do something with a partner that you can be like proud of, excited about you know, and, and leave legacies and build empires together. So you only thought about that because of the kids getting ready to leave. What well, well you got, name the ages of your sons. 18, 21, and 20, almost three. Almost 23? Yeah. All right, and <laughs> all college uh, educated. The youngest one is headed to college now. Either uh, that or playing ball overseas, but both, you know. Or both. Um, and you only thought about marriage as they were approaching leaving no, I've all, look, when I was a kid who couldn't draw a stick person, I drew my wedding dress. Okay, right? good. So I've always wanted to. Like, you always wanted to be that Cinderella story. I really was Cinderella. Like, going through all that hell, yeah. I was waiting for that prince and them glass slippers, but it never came. So. <laughs> <laughs> they came as a little line on the pregnancy test. Right, basically, <laughs> damn, this is not the shoe I wanted. Baby shoes versus glass shoes. <laughs> but, um, but no, I've always thought about that. But again, life life's cards that were dealt you know deterred or delayed that thought process like yeah you go into every relationship with the intentions of marriage but then again it's learning them after their representation has been resigned you know what i'm saying like everybody dates the representation till they resign or get fired right yeah so or get busted one of the two but it was a season in your life where you just wasn't interested in anything serious you wasn't no. looking for or, that's why i never ever thought that you really wanted to be married well because. you met me when i was broken i mean i still feel a little broken a little bit here and there but you know it, it, I was like, ugh, you know, and, and 
and now I, I say it's an Asian culture, but I'm sure it's everybody's culture. It's an every human being thing. When your money's funny, when your home isn't straight, and you're worried about the next bill, or you're worried about can the kids yeah. know, not miss a beat? Like, who has time for a relationship? And then, you know, yes, I get it. I've heard men, including you, are like, well, if you ever find a good one, he'll just help you through that. But help means I'm going to hold that darn thing over your head. Sometimes that's how you feel, right? Because some men do do that, and I have experienced that. And then you got grandma sitting on this shoulder that says, Remember, I said, if you can't afford to get what you need and want, don't want it or figure it out. Don't let nobody hold anything over your head, men or women. So you always got to get it yourself. So I'm like, Sometimes you got to hush grandma a little bit on that shoulder, but you know, it it, so it then it goes into pride or ego, and everybody kind of wants to dictate or or justify why you're not asking for help but you know when we do or when i did find the guts to help i got slapped with i did all this for you i'm like oh whoa buddy (laughs) technically no you did not you know but it's it's that that you don't want to deal with and and as an asian culture we don't like to burden folks and that's the biggest thing so that's where the the stereotype of us being loyal and comes because we don't like to burden you so if we ask you for a favor and you do it great, but if we have to ask you again or you didn't do it, we're like, okay, he didn't want to do it, so let me just go go do it. Let me go figure it out with myself. So that's why I was never into the materialistic thing. That's why you were able to guess all my answers yesterday. So let me ask you this. So here we go. We're going to talk then. So um, how did you and I meet? How? Or like, because that how? day, I mean, I think social media at first. Was it? Yeah. We had mutual friends. Yeah. And then we were, for some, I I think, was that that day you wanted me to be in something for DeSoto? Yes. Or something like so that? So I was working on a, a, a project and we wanted other, uh, I was working on a documentary and we Y'all wanted- Y'all wanted that uh, Trinket Asian in your video. That's what it was. Pretty much. We just want yeah. other ethnicities. I wanted right. other ethnicities represented <laughs> in the video because- Sales uh, all the, the other. <laughs> yes. Because uh, the district that I was working for is predominantly African-American. Yeah. And I want to have other voices represented, uh, represented in the uh, documentary. And I saw- a post that you made or something about your son playing basketball and all that. And I was like, Oh, that'd be great. And, uh, and I asked you if you would be interested in it. But then I talked to you, you had such venom that, uh, you so <laughs> that you really wanted for the video. <laughs> and I was like, I can't put that, I can't put some of that stuff all in there. And so I was like, nah, but you and I had met up at Starbucks and, uh, <laughs> that I was late too. Yes. You were, you were late to Starbucks. Why was you late? <laughs> Because I had a yeast infection, the terrorists. So, <laughs> look, we all get them. I was stressed out. So, hold on. <laughs> I was stressed. I was like, look, so are you there? Can you order me a drink or something? What was it? <laughs> so, so, so I'm sitting up here. I'm at the Starbucks. I said, where are you? So I'm across the street at CVS. I got a yeast infection. I said, what? <laughs> who says this? I said, who says that the first time you meet somebody? And I said, so I'm gonna tell you how weird I am, y'all. I'm gonna tell you how weird <laughs> how I am. Real? When someone's when 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 people are straight up genuine and real and authentic and transparent, that is so refreshing to me. So it was like it was like a a, a huge turn on. I was like, what 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 is this? Like it does something to me. And the reason why that did something to me is because um, I had just gotten out of this toxic situationship yeah. where the woman was very economical with the truth. So let alone transparency, she was very economical with the truth. It's like trying to get the truth out of her is just, it's, 
it's futile. It's just not going to happen. And so it was refreshing when I talked to you and you said yeast. I said, this girl just told me she had a a whole yeast infection. Look, I mean, I'm a woman. We stress. There's a whole, it's not because we were dirty. It's, it's, and you know, men. But why'd you feel the need to say that? Why, why to lie? Like, (laughs) it's so much easier to tell you why I was there. Like, you you, you could just say, hey, I'm across the street picking up some stuff. I'll be over there. It's just my nature to just tell you and be honest. It's a lot simpler that way. <laughs> I was looking for some azo. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I could have. I could have been like, oh, I want to go pick up some gum. But now I'm late to Starbucks to meet you for some gum. Like, just the whole line of lies would have just been, you know, like, hey, I, I've been stressing out a little bit. You know, or, or I had the wrong panties on, whichever one issue that was that week. And I needed some azo. <laughs> Happened to was... Thinking I was going to be on time. Or maybe you got there early. It was one of the two. No, you was late. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Yes, you was. You okay. was a few minutes late. You was right across the Because of the Azo. And so, and so we, we started being extremely cool after that, that moment. Um, um, define our relationship. Talk about our, our dealings with each other. Because this is what really brought you on the podcast. Because we was doing a... a you kept saying, you need to have me on the podcast. You need to have me on the podcast. I said, man, what you going to talk don't about? Don't y'all freaking agree? Don't y'all think y'all needed this energy? Don't you think his podcast, all these seasons, need, need, needed, need, needed some more seasoning? He needed the other box check. Right? <laughs> so now I, I check. I'm officially checked. You're, you're officially checked. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate that. And so uh, we had this impromptu. I took you through a little mock interview. I said, no, you tell me what what, what we talk well, about. What happened? Because we did talk about that. We talked about your last live, and yes. you know, and I told you from my perspective because I didn't get a chance to watch from beginning to end on your live that the snippet and the the pieces that I did get to see. You were talking about promoting just black love. I'm like, well, hell, I'm not black, and I, where's my little love? And and like, do we go mix love? Do we hashtags mix love, mutt love? And you, what are we doing? And so when I brought that to your attention, I'm like. Well, I guess I'm divorcing you because we had a little potential situationship. Uh-oh. And um, Uh-oh. I was like, well, I'm not black. So are you Are you just a black? Are you looking for just a, a, a black wife? Or are you looking for, you know, because I just felt used if that was the case. Uh-oh. So listen, on the podcast, we keep it lit. Oh, yep. Lord, it's finna go. <laughs> so we live intentionally and transparently. So when she said that, you see, she, 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 pulled my, she pulled my coattail. And I said, hold on. We're going, okay. I said, Lord Jesus. I said, you would want to talk about that on the podcast? You I said, asked him first if he would. I said, I didn't care. Yeah. And I said, okay. I said, why, <laughs> why am I getting nervous here? I said, okay. Nervousness is good. This uncomfortable feeling. I like, I like, I, I love being comfortably uncomfortable. Right. And Maddie said that in one the, uh, in the episode a couple of weeks ago. I like being comfortably uncomfortable. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Let's, let's, let's talk about that. So let's talk. Just like loving the perfect imperfections, right? Yes, yes. So you said that um, we met. What was our our dealings? What was it? We were as? genuine friends for quite some time, right? Um, and because of that, I felt like you came with a pitch one day What's of a situationship. Yes, and that wasn't that didn't resonate with me right like that's just not how i'm built so even though i trusted you and i loved you as my friend i had all this like i'm you you got my back i got your back it was just like it was almost like one of those friendships that was like a relationship 
but then you wanted to add the other piece of the relationship, the intimacy side of the That's relationship. That's all I wanted. It, it was it was a situation of saying, "Hey, are we friends. You go date whoever you want to date. Deal with right. whoever you deal with, and we friends with benefits." At that time, I had just gotten out of a toxic situation. I, I was had, dealing with my same way. So, of so it. you were so perfect for that that right. season it was like you said i don't want no relationship right you said i'm trying to get my life together i don't want no relationship i said good because i don't either right i said but we can meet in the middle ground and we can have a sexual relationship we right. can have a sexual uh, sexual relationship that's what we're gonna make up a word a sexual relationship that's what we're gonna have yeah and um and if all hearts and minds are clear then we we can rock with that all day right and it it sounded so good and perfect, y'all. It was like for a it was. <laughs> it was. It was, was great for me. <laughs> but you know, I was in the moment of of brokenness. But at the same time, I was like, you know, when you're so broken, you're so tired of being tired, and then you're like, screw it. I just want to be reckless for two seconds, or I just want to explore yeah. a different mm -hmm. side of me that I never gotten to explore. Because you got to remember, I've been mom since like nineteen. I've been a workaholic since three, four years old. I was told by my aunt, I was working since I was four in our Asian family. So I've never gotten a chance to like, I've never had that childhood stories. I've never had a girl's trip. I've never had, and then with all the craziness that's happened, I've been in relationships for six years. Then I, I was on a break for two years. And then I was in another relationship for four years and then another break. And then it was another, like I kept being in relationships trying to figure out, I guess we're relationships. And um, so I was like, Let's just see if I got this in me. Why can't I just, it sounds easy enough. You make it easy enough and <laughs> we trust each other and you're, you, he's a great friend, great everything. And then I was like, but we tried it and I just couldn't do it because I valued our friendship more than the potential bad history I've had with relationships. Right. And I didn't want to chance that. And it, and it has so been. So you felt like you was going to lose the friendship in the, in the yeah. sexual relationship? Yeah. Because I know I'm good because I've had relationships. I've had children with these relationships and I'm still being able to be their friends. But I can't speak for everyone. And then I can't speak for every situationship or relationship that I can expect you to still be my friend or being this yeah. close. Yeah. Because obviously if we're done. Then we were somehow mad at each other for something for a second. Right. And so I didn't want to risk the potential of having my best friend where I could learn so much about the sexual anatomies. This guy here, right here, has taught me so many things that oh, I Lord should Jesus. have known as a female. Oh, oh, oh. But I mean, just to be able to have straight up transparent conversations and questions that are really? not stupid. <laughs> but no, like there was so many valuable, <laughs> great things that I was able to learn. Oh, and I just feel like once a relationship goes down, you may or may not be like that. Like I said, I knew who I was. I knew I would have been able to be cool with it, but can you really be? And see, that's, a, that's the cool thing about me is that I know how to put stuff in categories and leave it like that right. and be cool with it to be like, hey, listen, because what I respected so much about you is that you were extremely transparent. Yeah. Um, there's a quote that God gave me a year ago that says, honesty is telling the truth when asked a question. Transparency yeah. is telling me what I don't even know to ask. Right. I value transparency. Right. And so that's what I loved about you is that you're just straight up transparent. So it, stuff infection. Get, see stuff gets crazy when, yeah, you straight up talking about, Hey, I have a yeast infection. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that, but thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> uh, but the reality was, um, 
when I deal with people that are straight up honest and transparent, yeah. then you can have all of me. Yeah. You can get the best attributes and characteristics of me. And so, uh, and then, like you said, the the proposal I gave you is pretty much <laughs> simply saying, listen, uh, if you and I are sleeping together, um, if I got it, you got it. Yeah. I'm not going to be sleeping with a woman and she's struggling. Right. I don't want no struggle vagina. Right. Like struggle vagina is stressful vagina. I need my <laughs> vagina to be at peace right. because it, it's so hard for a woman to be sleeping with you. And in the back of her mind, she's like, and the my light. lights just got yeah. cut off. And yeah. how am I going? Yeah. I know he's enjoying this moment, but I got to go back to the situation. And I don't know if I'm going to be evicted. I don't even right. know if I'm going to have food. Then that, that that's not a pleasant experience for, for either of us. And, um, um, and so that's what I said. I was like, Hey, listen, if I got it, you got it. Right. And that's just what that is. Um, and I, and I stand by that. That's what I've always believed. I don't understand how these women and not saying that women got to be gold diggers and using guys, right. but at the end of the day, it's a grave, it's grave danger to be giving your body. Cause I still believe that the woman body is so precious. And yeah. until, you know, recently over the last <laughs> year, I actually started realizing that my body had value too. At first I didn't even <laughs> think I was worth nothing. So, so the reality was, where well, the reality is, is that a woman's body is so valuable, then why is it given so freely? Right. And then you give it to a guy that doesn't even respect you enough to even go change a flat tire if you were stranded on the, on the road. That right. just don't add up to me. And so, um, and so that's pretty much the proposal I said to you. I said, hey, listen, this is what it is. And understand that if, if, if we rocking like this, I got you. Yeah, and then, but then there is, and I kept, and you could not understand for the life of you, my culture and my head space, like, I'm so independent. I was built so independent since I was a kid. So for me to even feel like, even though I'm, we had a deal and we agreed on it, I just still felt like I was using you of some way. Even though you're like, you're not using me. You're, I'm getting pleased too. And yeah, I was, I was doing some stress in my life. I was say, like, man, let me tell you something. Yeah. They, we, we talk about like, how, yeah, because I'm telling you, I was, I was jacked up after coming out that toxic mess. My brain was, I just needed something with stability because right. my whole world was turned upside down. I didn't even understand what I had just gotten out of yeah. my mind was messed up so to meet somebody you were like a it's like I was gasping for air and you right. provided oxygen right and it was like just by the mere fact of saying hey listen I had a yeast infection like <laughs> that that was the gateway you don't understand that that was the that was the the password yeah. into my heart because I was like oh she's ladies it's not gonna work if y'all use that I'm just letting y'all that know now that was just unique and exotic to me okay <laughs> Let y'all know that. So what happened was is that I just needed honesty and truth so much that when it showed up, it was like, cool. So I'm going to be 100 because I could be straight up honest. Yeah. I didn't want you believing that, oh, we, I'm, I'm baiting you into this marriage or we finna right. get married and we're in a relationship. I'm saying this is what it is. This is all I have to give you. I used to right. say all I got is hard penis and bubble gum, but I'm <laughs> fresh out of bubble gum. You know what I'm saying? That was my theory. And yeah. just be honest because if yeah. you're honest with people and let people know what it is, then you allow them to, have, to make an informed decision and decide which way they want to go um and so that's just what it was and then if when that situation is no longer serving you then be honest enough to say hey right. listen uh i'm operating in a way that i'm not comfortable with anymore uh can we just dissolve this right. and they'd be like cool right and if y'all have something substantive enough to have a solid friendship then y'all can keep moving on and everything fine you know all hearts and minds are clear Right. And see, like, I didn't believe that. Right. Because my mind couldn't believe that. Like, I didn't think because after you have the sexual situations or however you said that thing, sexual ships, sexual I ships. can't 
me being built how I am, I can't just not attach myself to you, right? Like, I had to be honest with me in whether it was something that whatever level that would have met meant to me as far as being attached, there it was, there would have been. And then not knowing, okay, he's not ready, but I'm not ready, but we're going to do this thing. So I'm going to, my heart's going to do one thing. I'm going <laughs> to run that way. And my head's going to go up this way. And I'm like, shoot, where am I at? Like, <laughs> damn, I, I'm too stressed to figure out, am I Northeast, Southwest? So it yeah. was just a big ball of like, ugh. And it didn't last long, you know, to put in perspective, it probably only lasted a month or two or something yeah. or whatever. Uh, but um, it was a great learning it was great learning, you know what I'm saying? Because for both of us, yes. Because you know, for the you keep telling me and remind me, man, you had me. Like I could have like benefited you could, you could, or, you could have drained my account, right? You know what I mean? But I am not that type of person. Like I could not do that at all. Like that's just not me. I can't use people. Like I said, even though you was getting some service, I still felt financially. Service. Amen. <laughs> financially, <laughs> it was a usage. And it, and it sucks. And that's something that I have to deal with as a woman now is knowing my value, knowing my worth and being and standing behind that. Right. Because yes. again, culturally, we're like, do what he says. Right. We're, we're the yes woman's. We're the hush and work and be quiet, head down and work. So every now and then you'll see some of us excel if you're your lawyers or your doctors and you're, you know, you get to say speak. Right. But in our community and in our culture, we're only respected by our bank account. Right. So when we're up here, yeah, we get our voices heard when we're here. Who are you? Yeah. Like you barely you're barely family. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so you you're know, a disgrace. Deal, yeah. So yeah. dealing with all of those internally and then having three boys that, you know, like I used to like still to this day, I'm like, I didn't have to sleep my way to anybody's top. I've earned every little piece of whatever I've gotten just on me and my own sweat equity. And that's something that was extremely important to me, especially raising three boys. So there was a lot of morals and values that, you know, yeah, there were days where I was like, okay, God, look, I'm still team God, but I'm going to tiptoe to the devil's side just to see, <laughs> just to see, just to see, right? I'm see for myself. Right, everybody looks really fun and, it, and it's, happy it's, it's over a girl, there. It's a girl Instagram name and TikTok name, Ariel Fitz. And she'll talk, have these conversations with God and God will tell her the right way. And then she'll go, I'm going to see for myself. Right. Like you, there are days where you'll be like, okay, God, look, so I'm, I'm so God's cheerleader, but right now you, I think you're busy with like all the mother millions of people's blessings. Like I'm going to wait, but I'm going to go, I'm going to help you out. (laughs) I'm going to go see what the devil does to make it look so easy. And then I'm going to give you his notes. Right. Like just, 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 I'll be back. Right. And so we've had all those moments where we're just trying to, justify and, and organize and compromise and we, we figure it out. But like having three kids was is very tough to be in any relationship or situationships. Yeah, and this and, and I've watched Especially me. You you know what kind yeah, of mom I am. Yeah, so. you a helicopter mom. <laughs> Like, you're very much helicopter. But mom. if you said yes. tiger, I would have been like, ooh, Asian. <laughs> said, uh, one of the things put in reference, a lot of people, they saw the episode where I took a vow of abstinence. And in the episode, I talk about telling Pastor Conway that uh, that on the way going to his church, I had a conversation with Elsa. And Elsa asked, was I practicing abstinence? I said, absolutely not. And then she said, uh, this was a, couple, a few years ago. And uh, she said, where are you going? I said, on my way to church. And uh, she said, I'm going to pray that that Pastor Conway says something to you to convict you. And I was like, he ain't going to say nothing to me. I said, matter of fact, I got something lined up after church. 
Well, that's what I had lined up <laughs> after church. That's See, another I- damn checkbox. <laughs> Sick of these checks. No, but we. Had- I mean, I need checks, but the check. <laughs> you want, you want, you want, you, you want checks. You just don't want the check mark, right? But check yeah, mark. that's 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 that's, that's 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 to put reference. So my podcast, I'm always keeping lit. This yeah. is my personal journey as I discover, uncover, and recover right. love. But it was interesting when you said that because you had watched the live, and I didn't know you was on that live uh, this past Thursday. And when we had talked about that, of saying that my desire is to marry an African American woman, and you're hearing that and you're like well what was it and I was like well we had a conversation I mean I know you thought I was mixed and that kind of qualified yeah. me but. yeah I thought, I thought at, at the time I thought that it was funny because I was like hold on you all the way Vietnamese I was like I thought Who you was that? I said I thought you was Blasian I thought you she was like no nah. and I was like well I guess I had to see for myself <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's what that was uh uh one of my homegirls that live in atlanta she she was she met this guy on this dating app and uh they went out to eat and um he asked he was like so what race are you said black he said you all the way black and she was like yeah that was the last time she saw him he said he he only liked girls that are are mixed with other uh nationalities which is so strange because african-americans we are exotic we not we not from this country. Mm-hmm. So it's so crazy how, you know, we have a lot of black men looking for exotic women uh, when they're looking outside of our own ethnicity for these exotic women. And we are exotic. Right. And again, it's just like context, right? Like it just got very annoying to be able to be labeled all these sex symbols or, or big fancy pretty words <laughs> that really means nothing. Right. Because, again, we. I, I manifested, and I think I told you this a couple years ago, I was getting to the point where why can't I wear shorts or dresses and just be a nice-looking lady? Why is it, oh, those damn legs, or oh, those da da And then why can't I be complimented on my energy or my aura or, or my brains no or See, my well, intelligence? I'm going to tell y'all women. This, but no. No, no, hold on. Because no, I've, no, I've been getting more no, compliments no, on my energy lately. Just, nobody care about that. That's, that's, just a, that's just a line. People like, she got vibe. Let me tell you something. Not vibe, energy. <laughs> have a word you want to use. Men are physical. Y'all keep yeah. trying to avoid how God made us. We're physical beings. So when okay. we look at something, we go, she's fine. She's pretty. She has nice legs. She has nice booty. She got nice breasts. Right. Hold on. So women get offended when they say that. Now, it's your job to start showing more of your other attributes and characteristics. Uh, just the same with men. Because women look at men and be like, oh, he's fine. Oh, he can get it. Don't even know him. I have homegirls that can look at a guy and be like, oh, he can get it. I've never said that. Well, yeah, because you you do I'm different. different. Yeah, very different but you said i could talk when you first walked in i did notice your legs and i didn't say anything so i don't know what side of the fence they qualify well no no i'm I'm great with compliments but give me substance you got to have more though that's that's the show so if a man is attracted to a certain thing about you he's looking and saying hey you got nice legs you got this right hopefully the conversation can build but can we can we train guys to like Give compliments in a, a night. Yeah. So you like, got pretty legs. Now I noticed the post that you made when you talked about such such such. Wait, such, whoa, whoa, yeah. Can you read my post first and then be like, <laughs> you know what? You're really smart and you just happen to have nice legs. Or you know what? Your legs are great. And you know what? You're you're very a deep person. I would so receive that. We're good. We're good. Whatever well, it is. Not There's a cliff note. Uh, Nash, Nash man, tell him, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, you done, you done gave him the cliff notes. <laughs> well, listen, uh, it's been it's been an honor talking to you. Um 
<sighs> Shout out to your amazing young kings. They're Thank they're you. brilliant, uh, extremely brilliant, talented, great personality. Um, you about to say something? What do you want to say? No, just I mean we were dealing on the interracial stuff, so it's just kind of like. What do you want? I just want love to be love. So you don't care about the the race, right? Because at the end of the day, when when I was dealing with relationships and issues, it's kind of like. Because he and I will have conversations in the household or in our space, but then I got to watch my mouth or censor it out here, or I might get called or certain thing, or, oh, I'm stealing the black man away from black women, or, like, I kept getting a lot of those, so don't think that it's just an easy thing, because we we make beautiful babies, like, that's another that, little stereotype yeah. is, oh, mixed babies are the beautiful babies. Yeah. Now y'all I've got seen the, some ugly mixed kids. You know what I'm I saying? I call y'all so, kids ugly, but y'all know, <laughs> know the truth. Anyway. But no, so I mean, so having to deal with, you know, because I'm 100% Vietnamese, I can't relate to black issues, but my sons are black. So when we had all these crazy riots with the Black Lives Matter and the Asian Lives Matter and all this other mess, my kids are both. So I have a heart and I have a voice too, and we keep getting overlooked. So I did want to talk about this before we conclude, because uh, you had a conversation. We had a conversation about how when uh, the virus happened yeah. and your ethnicity and race and culture got blamed for it. How did that weigh on you? I was scared to go out. You know, honestly, like me, who's never scared, right? Who used to own a business where I'm not allowed to be scared. Um, I was scared because yeah. I kept seeing so many attacks on my folks, whether it be Koreans, Chinese, Asians or whatever. And that's the most stupidest thing is that people are attacking innocent folks. And most of them were elderly that were being attacked. And that's where I'm just like, at what point are we just going to stop with this extra race stuff? Because, again, my people don't even know I'm Vietnamese. So how am I going to sit here and hate on yeah. you? And I don't even know where you came from. Like, yeah. that's just yeah. so lame. Like, yeah. let's strip the fluff and at the end of the day, treat others based on your own personal experience. But don't sit here and allow somebody to have one bad experience at a beauty salon or a nail salon and then blanket that and speak for the masses. Because that's, that's what was really going on. That's real. And it's just hateful and hurtful to be on a side where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm confused. Like, all well, my kids are black. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with black folks. Do you feel like you lean towards one culture than the other? More um, towards? I, I actually don't because I try to make sure that I'm always neutral. I'm fair regardless of even though I'm Vietnamese and my kids are Vietnamese and black, but I love all people the same. Like I have great Caucasian friends. I've got, you know what I'm saying? Like the rainbow is my friend. Can so, you say in racism in Vietnamese? In racism? No. Is racism a word in, in Vietnamese? I If there is, I don't know it. I just know like okay, to not say, like. Can you say? Like on Hukotit means like I don't like and then whatever you want to say. say. Can you say end hate? That's the best way to say end hate. Um, or stop hate. Ngungek or dunkogek. You say dunkogek. Which means what? Uh, don't hate and just love. Hmm. Good. <laughs> you want to re re say that? I want to put that in the atmosphere. <laughs> say it again. Say it to the people. Dunkogek, I hut, G-Tung toy. Good. So I like, I like planting seeds like that. I like I like moments like that. Uh, um, like I've said in the previous episodes, I'm not a person that sits around and says, uh, I have a problem with black women marrying uh, white men or people of other right. uh, nationalities or whatnot. I don't, I don't have a problem with that as long as it's not based on 
um, hate of your own race, hate of your own culture and say, well, I'm a Mary, just like at the earlier part in your life where you was like Asian men, the, your only reference of a platonic love was your father, which you didn't really get to experience because he was locked up since you were three. But you said what? Asian men kill kill people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's your first inception. So the reality is that I, I don't like it when people go and say, I don't want to date this race because of this blanket statement. Right. Uh, but clearly you've been healed from that. Could you see yourself being married to an Asian guy? If he, if he, if we vibe, if we... <laughs> And that's the thing. That's the problem too. Like I get told, "Oh, you act black, or you you sound black, and you sound this," and I'm like, "Lord Jesus, well, what does an Asian sound like? Do we have to sound uneducated, or we can't pronounce words?" Like, well, ask this. The other part about it is when we talk about the elephant in the room. Is it highly unlikely for an Asian man to want to marry an Asian woman that has three black sons? That's, I think, same thing with white men, though. Yeah. Like, I feel like I haven't had the actual commitment from a white guy because I've had three black boys or black black kids. And Asians, I just don't think we have the same likes and hobbies. But I think that the, the Asian guys, men that were born here or the one that's a little bit more adapting to the yeah. American culture, wouldn't mind at all. Like, I have some guys that wouldn't mind. They, they, they love black women. And, you know, so I don't feel like... You know, that's so you say they I love black it. women, but would they love an Asian woman who liked black men? They they love who gets who they they love or love them back. Like I, I feel like that's kind of where it's at. Like my biggest issue with men is me. Like I don't have that time. Like I told you, there's great men out here, and I know I missed a lot of opportunities because I wasn't in the space or the the time capsule to even entertain that mental capacity like there, I was never in the right spot or I would personally sabotage it because I was too invested in my kids or I didn't know how to blend the kids and the guys yeah, and yeah. so there's a great that's good that's good you have the self-awareness because I always felt like the balance of and I understood why it came why it was what it was with the imbalance with your kids uh because you were overcompensating in areas or whatnot yeah they, uh, they witnessed a lot of Yuck. Yeah, they witnessed a lot of abuse that you've been through in relationship. We're gonna call it what it is. Yeah. Uh but listen, man. This is <laughs> this is this was a very <laughs> lit. <laughs> very lit conversation. Uh I'm gonna go take my nap. Uh wake up and start this day over again. <laughs> listen, y'all give it up to my homie Linda No. Thank you for keeping it lit and being uh living intentionally and transparently. Y'all better start liking this thing because y'all can't make me look bad because I've oh, been telling like this it. man oh, gonna that like I'm gonna help him. So y'all better help me help him <laughs> and make me look better than you know. Oh, don't so make me eat my words. She says she wants to see a lot of views from the episode. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, that's fine. Point, that's fine. Point. Lord Jesus. This Make is, the first Asian, trust me, you, Asian you, episode. You ain't going to have no problem with people liking this video because this was, oh, Lord <laughs> Jesus. That girl said he taught me all these things about my body. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, thank y'all. I didn't say my hey, body. Hey, oh, said, oh, about the body. Right. So, I who didn't know there was a lot of variations. We ain't going to go back there. We ain't, we ain't go back there. All right. Y'all give it up for Linda No, y'all. Brianna, hit the applause button. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. 
While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Boy, I bet y'all didn't see that one coming. Ooh, Lord Jesus, boy. These episodes be getting real. And like I say, I always got to remember that this is my personal journey as I discover, uncover, and recover love. Uh, so... <laughs>
Oh, Lord. I ain't never got so nervous. I was hot. I was sweating. I was like, this is, oh, okay. Well, it is what it is. I uh, hope y'all found value in this episode as I keep it lit. That's all I know. But here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, what is freedom? Really? What is real freedom? Today, most Americans are celebrating the 4th of July, historically known as Independence Day. Though the United States became free from Great Britain in 1776, African Americans wouldn't inherit our freedom from these same 13 merged colonies until 1863. Even that date for our freedom is debatable. We have the freedom to choose love, to choose who we love, to choose how we love, and I choose you. I choose to take all the love I have and bestow it upon you. I value the freedom to choose and I choose a covenant relationship with you, your future hubby. I found me and then I found you, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.